bottom line up front, the content we write is aimed at human beings and not algorithms that boost content across platforms. Moreover, cultivating and optimizing a quality content library requires knowing what's on the bubble, what you want to boost, and what needs to be deprecated. Listen in to find out what I'm talking about. Hi there, Steve here. Joining me today is Zoe Hawkins. She's the Principal Content Manager for Sumo Logic. And as a former video game and tech journalist turned content marketer, she's bringing 10 plus years of experience uh, around content that's informing, engaging with, and delighting her target audiences. Uh, beyond work in uh, at Sumo Logic, she's also an accomplished speaker. You can hear her all around the world. She's been inspiring crowds on topics such as, obviously, content marketing, but multicultural communication and women in tech. Zoe, welcome to 15 Minute CMO. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. Certainly. Now, you've got uh, not only a lot of experience, but you have worked it, uh, with groups and organizations that have created quite a lot of content, quite frankly. One would even say libraries worth <laughs> of content. And so my question, first and foremost, is sort of like, how do these libraries manifest? Where, what are their, what's their provenance? Where do they come from? I mean, it, it can be from anywhere, you know, like I have seen it across such a, a wide spectrum. You know, you have like the founder blogger who hears like the only way to build your business is if you're blogging and, you know, grow in public and all of those great pieces of advice, not trying to undermine that. But, you know, founder blogger many years later suddenly has many, many blogs um, <laughs> that have built into this library. And obviously anyone else who joins the org also starts blogging and you get this culture of publication. Um, and that might lead to some varied quality and perspective and, and all of that. You can also have like, if you're, so I, I typically work in, in the B2B SaaS space. So if you are a technology, you need to tell developers or other people how to use your technology and like the docs or learning section of your site can just become this sprawl of how to documentation. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just like two off the top of my head of where these things can just come from, but it can be anywhere. I mean, any section of a website that suddenly someone decides like, oh, we should build a landing page for every term that ever might exist. Um, and the next thing you know, you have, you know, mountains, mountains and mountains of, of content. That sounds a lot like a, like a sincere, if misguided, um, organic growth, right? Like mm -hmm. you mentioned the founder or as team members get added uh, or as you start to convince your more uh, technically oriented uh, teammates to just start producing like, well, technical docs. Um, it is, um, as teams grow though, right? Some folks start getting the word content in their job title, for example. Mm -hmm. um, is there, have you ever seen any of sort of like that, like rapid push for like, oh, we need 250 pages and all the right slugs uh, and all that stuff, just building out a website kind of thing? Or... Oh, yeah. I mean, like, I've inherited sites like that where you, you're like, oh, oh, a factory was here. <laughs> now I'm dealing with industrial fallout. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think that was also a big trend a while back. I still even see that Monday.com case study that floats around the internet all the time of like, look at them. They produced thousands of pages and that's why they won. And it's like, is it? Is it mm -hmm. why they won, or did they just produce all these pieces of content and other things happened? Um, yeah. You know. Or uh, 
or the or G2. If you're in B2B SaaS, you're familiar with G2.com. I'm not. Yep. I'm not. Uh, um, it's a great team. I've met the founder. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a great guy. But that's a website that has like 50 to 100 product pages per category and hundreds of categories. Like they're gonna win. Yeah, yeah, they have to. (laughs) But some smaller companies, certainly those of us who have been tasked with uh, creating content, as you just mentioned, can sort of, you get this sprawl. Um, Mm -hmm. And so so then let's say that you've inherited one. You said you've inherited them in the past. You've probably Mm -hmm. seen what folks did wrong when it came (laughs) to maintaining these libraries over time or maintaining them. And mm-hmm. I don't even want to get to optimizing it, just maintaining it. What have you seen go wrong in these particular spaces? Well, I mean, it's also very clear, like, SEO trends that have come and gone. Like, there was a period when everyone was like, you should put the date in your title and in your slug for all the things. So then you get, you know, trend predictions for 2018. And you're like, why is, what, what, did no one have new trends the following year and the following year? Like, did we not update this? Um, so, I mean, there's certain stuff like that. There's like old trends with keyword stuffing or, um, just like poor writing content. You know, sometimes people just, your standards evolve, your voice evolves as a company and as a brand. Um, and hopefully your writing just keeps getting better and better. And sometimes when you look back on older pieces, you're like, this doesn't actually fit who we are and what we talk about anymore. Um, and I feel like a lot of times that just doesn't get maintained to the degree that it needs to be. Would it be fair to, to the way I understood that was a lot of the poorer tactics out there are writing to an algorithm. Like we mm-hmm. want to write to what a machine wants to hear as opposed to what a human being might actually want to learn. Um, as you mentioned, sort of annual update just because somebody said that's how you're going to win. Uh, that's the make the spiders love you, that kind of thing. Um, but, uh, so then what about, like, what should we be doing now instead of what should we stop doing? What, uh, from a quality content creation and maintenance standpoint? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a million things we can do and every library is going to be different. You know, it's not like, um, you know, I would never advocate for the Alexandria approach of just burn it all down and start over. You know, we, we want to keep some of that going. Um, definitely want to keep the libraries open and thriving, but they might need a little bit of tending. And so um, there's a few different directions that can go in in terms of like figuring out which pieces you should probably deprecate. Um, and... You know, I think every website is guilty of this. There's things that, you know, especially if you had a very, um, you know, fun or engaged founding group or whatever who posted all sorts of blogs like, hey, I found this meme online. Let's make this a blog and let's do this and let's do that in the early days of an organization, you know, five, ten years later. Um, that might not be a relevant blog to still have on your website. And you can probably get rid of it without anybody crying um, or even noticing. Um, So there's a certain kind of like easy deprecation things. I think also as your product or your company evolves, certain topics that you used to be like, we got to blog about this, we got to own this, might not be as relevant. You could probably archive those um, or take the meaningful pieces and kind of like, move those into other parts of your website so you still have like definitions or helpful pieces of content and all the fluff can kind of get removed um but then also like one of my favorite things to do is find the pieces that are almost ranking on google you know like kind of the the 4 to 20 range that's my favorite 
um, of finding those pieces that are in the four to 20 range, like they're good enough. Like Google thinks they're okay-ish. They're either top page or almost top page, but they're not in the top three. And if you work on those, that's like a lower lift to really get them up into those most meaningful positions. Hmm. You outlined a number of really helpful steps there. I'll be honest with you. Um, it's that all sounds like really quite a lot of work. Like that sounds like a pretty significant work stream. And whether you've been with a team that's been creating a content library for years, or you've just inherited it, how does someone begin to approach the initiative that you just outlined? (laughs) Um, so what I, what I would suggest is start with those, um, whatever you want to call them, low hanging fruit, bubble keywords. There's so many different terms for like, whatever you want to call that, like four to 20 range on Google, mm-hmm. pick a few that are in an area that your business cares about. So if there's a topic that someone is really passionate about, if there's an idea that really matters to people who care about what you do, find those pieces that are just on the cusp of being in the top three and push to rank for those, you know, and you don't need to do a huge project. Pick like two blogs and optimize those, refresh those and wait for the results. Cause you know, it can take a couple weeks, you know, maybe even a month or two before you get that hockey stick of like, Oh look, we optimized and now it's up. And once you show that you can build that buy-in to everyone else to be like, Hey, we should turn this into a project. Like we should make, we should go big with this. Um, and it kind of gives a bit of a sense of value to people. Um, and also showcases just how much work it will be and so people understand like oh this isn't going to be an easy task but it will pay off and be worthwhile Mm -hmm. um let's assume that i wouldn't know the first thing about how to optimize what Hmm. what would you be looking what what should i do steve i want you to optimize this article for me yeah so i mean i have kind of a baseline set of minimum standards you know like minimum standard is like the title should be interesting there should be h2s to make it easy for someone to skim your article so subheadings to break up the text bonus points if they're a question because somehow people consume question and answer kind of content in a nice way Um, bonus points for imagery bonus points for internal links and external links and i kind of give like a a rough idea of that but like i think there's a certain intrinsic value that people know like there are any of us who've worked in content you know the first time you publish a blog you're like oh i have to share this with everybody like all of this sort of stuff and you know by your bazillionth blog or article you're kind of like oh yeah we published like this thing this week but then when you publish something you're really proud of you probably still share that out on your channels because you're like, hey, this is a piece that is actually like really good quality. This is a piece I want to stand behind. Mm -hmm. And I think there is that element to content optimization as well, where you can imagine another person, like an actual human being, not an algorithm or a spider or (laughs) whatever on the other side, but like an actual human Mm -hmm. on the other side going, oh, this is interesting. This is relevant. This is helpful. And you're like, oh, I actually, this is worth sharing. Like, I would be happy for anyone to see this and, like, know that I was, you know, involved in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain amount of intrinsic stuff. And then, you know, to use the buzzword that everybody's on about, AI can help. There are some great AI content grading tools that will be like, hey, you missed out these keywords and 
probably don't have enough links or a video or whatever. And, and those are awesome. And I love them. Um, and they can help you again, like with minimum baseline standards of what you should do. And then your own appreciation of awesomeness should kind of be your gut check. I, I, I hear you on that last point. I think I've entered a few things into like, make this sound like Hemingway wrote it kind of deal. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. That was, that was abrupt. Um, <laughs> you, you highlighted a, a a great time frame in there too. You mentioned like one or two months to kind of see how those efforts are paying off. Um, I can already feel some folks pulling back from that who are listening simply because maybe they live in the B2B SaaS world where they've got founders or leadership that are used to, you know, weekly tests or fail fast or run lean. Do you have any uh, tips or experiences around sort of setting those standards for, look, we put a lot of work into optimizing this. We need to give, we need to give it time to grow. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the, the big things is to make sure you're distributing that content as if it were new when you update it. So it, it's gotten a fresh coat of paint or a lot of new love or a lot of new content, like share it out on social again, put it back in your newsletter, you know, do what you do on whatever channels you do them on, um, to, to spread that around. And I think that will give it an initial lift in the early days where you can be like, look, this content was kind of trailing off and not getting traffic anymore. And we already have a bit of an uptick. Let's see how this progresses in the next month or two. And then that kind of buys you time or gives you like a quick um, uptick in the traffic where people go like, oh, this is paying off. And granted, it's because like five people on Twitter clicked it. Um, But I mean, that's a win. And then, you know, it gives gives you a bit of time that maybe the attention span is onto something else by the next week. And then mm-hmm. you can bring it back up a month later to be like, hey, look, SEO has picked up on it now. And this is the results. Yeah. Some people genuinely believe, I'm one of them, that if you can help five individuals get a job done better, you did a good job. That was probably worth the 700 words or 1,500 words you put into it. Yep. Um, it, we mentioned in here too earlier around um, deprecation. So mm-hmm. for those who aren't used to that word, right, you can choose to maintain and upkeep and, you know, optimize things. You can also deprecate things, usually referenced in you deprecate code or, mm-hmm. you know, get rid of some data. So when you are working with your uh, content library or with your team, you know, what indicators are you asking people to be looking out for so that they can make that call between let's invest in that optimization at work or maybe we should deprecate this content? Um, Yeah, I mean, I think there are some that are obvious. You know, if you have a blog that's five plus years old or a piece of content that's five plus years old that genuinely reads as like dated um, and clunky and maybe like super thin, you know, I think sometimes like a few years back, it was kind of normal to put like a paragraph of copy and a link and be like, that that's a piece. Like, no, it's really not. It's not worth it. Like, get rid of it. Um, You know, so I think... I think thin content, really dated content is a pretty obvious one. I do like to run it through. So personally, like I use Market Muse, not paid to say anything about them, but I'm just saying like I use Market Muse because it makes it easier for me to find like pieces that don't have any links, don't have any authority in the space. And I know domain authority or authority in general is like a nebulous concept, but if something isn't ranking in search, isn't getting any traffic, 
doesn't really offer any value, you can probably get rid of it from your site without losing any any sleep over it. Um, I think, you know, it gets a bit more complicated if it is bringing in some traffic or it is bringing in some keyword ranking, then you might want to play around with like, okay, well, what can we do to make this better? But if it if it's not showing value in terms of like keyword rankings, traffic, adding links to anything, just get rid of it and, and you know, and Google will actually reward you for that. Like, you know, they don't want to see that your site is whatever, 70% space garbage. Like they don't, they're not going to still think of you like, oh, but look at this 30%. That's so great. No, they're going to be like, oh, this is a mostly junk site with some cool pieces that we'll give you credit for. So the better all of your content is, like your whole library is, um, you know, the better everything else will rank. So getting rid of some of that old junk is just weighing you down. Consistent, concise value as opposed to maintaining for the sake of keeping your Alexandria as big as possible. <laughs> yes. Um, Zoe just told you how to get it done. That was extremely beneficial, and I really do appreciate it. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me.